So we've been doing a, a kind of theme, a series that started off at the beginning of the year as people came forward and just in praise and worship in the midst of uh, uncertainty of the year, in the midst of some crises and we've seen jobs being, uh, being given, we've seen prayers being answered and uh, one of the scriptures is this 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. And I'm going to read it from uh, the Passion Version. And this is what it says. Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Please put it back up. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will, for, uh, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's a lovely scripture. And as I've been working on this, um, on this theme, and as I've been trying to be thankful myself and, and my own personality, I'm usually kind of, kind of a positive person. I usually see things from a, from a good perspective, and I'm usually grateful, and I'm usually thankful. But suddenly I found, as I've been trying to hone in and just uh, live this out, live this out, where joy would be continually my feast. I would continually feast on the joy of the Lord, on the table of the Lord, and I'd feast on Him. Because in His presence there's uh, fullness of joy. And I, you and I carry the presence of God, so we carry joy. And we need the strength, we need the strength of God. But as, as, as you look at life, it can be very difficult to maintain this attitude of gratitude. Because of our world is filled with pain, it's filled with disappointment. It's hard to be thankful when you have a child who's really sick. It's hard, it's hard to remain, maintain a joy when your job is uh, on the line, when the, the income is not there. It's hard. When you have parents who are suffering, who are elderly, who are not doing well, it's hard to see them in that place. And I think if we look at life from a natural perspective, if we look at life from our situation, from ourselves, what do we find? We we find ourselves comparing ourselves to others, to those who are usually better off than us. We hardly ever look downwards at those who are struggling. That's why Hillcrest Hospital on Tuesday is a good uh, ministry to be at, because you realize how much, how blessed you are. And you're actually also challenged. I'm also challenged there because sometimes it's, I'm going to be honest here, sometimes it's the last thing you want to do. But when you go there and you see these guys and, and some of them have been there for like 10, 15 years and I've seen the same, and he is so excited to see you. And he's gnarled and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he's, and he's in a wheelchair and he's had stuff amputated. And yet there's a joy and yet he loves, he loves coming to worship. He loves coming to, to, to fellowship. So very often a man's natural 
response to the things that life throws at them is to be discouraged, is to complain. And so being grateful is really important. Not only from a spiritual point of view, not only because the scripture says, says you should. In uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. So there's going to be some anxiety. There's going to be some worry. There's going to be some times in which we, uh, which we kind of not uncertain. Usually, what, what time is that? Some people have this kind of two o'clock in the morning when you wake up, and suddenly there's uh, something that you're concerned about or worried about, and suddenly that that thing, the magnitude of that, can can just overwhelm us. And this is where we have to uh, take a hold of ourselves, and we have to. Um, Almost make a decision. Come bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is in with, within me, let me rejoice in His holy name. I've got to come and bless His holy name. I've got to give thanks. And why can we give thanks? Well, the first good reason is He's in the midst of us. He's with us. And so I'm going to read a little bit more scripture. From, uh, uh, from uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. From the newsletter. The day is coming when I will make a new covenant. With the people of Israel and Judah, this covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors, where I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I will put my instructions deep within them. And I will write them on their hearts. I will put my law in their hearts. I will be their God. And they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors. Nor will they need to teach their relatives saying, You shall know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already. And I will forgive their sins and I will, their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that something I think, take home. Meditate, meditate on these words. Meditate. Let them uh, transform our lives. I ask Holy Spirit, even now, that the, as, this, as the word has been read, I ask Holy Spirit that you would bring life to it in our hearts. That it would transform us. Because that's what it is. We, we're living in this amazing new covenant. And I think, I don't know how long I'll have to ask uh, Alex, four or five hundred years before the birth of Jesus, this is what uh, Jeremiah declared it. And Ezekiel declares the same thing. He'll give us a new heart. I think one of the things I've realized is I need a new heart. I need a heart which is soft towards God. And then once I've got that heart, and that's what we've got, we've been given this new heart. Then we have to be thankful for it and grateful for it. This amazing grace which we've been singing, singing about. We were once alienated from God. 
And suddenly we have the God from nowhere just burst into our lives and, and poured, lavished His grace and His mercy in our lives. This is why we were sinners. This is why we, we hadn't got it right. While we were enemies. And so we should be incredibly thankful just for that. Is the scripture, the 1 Thessalonians 1, saying that we, we thank God for the, for the lost job? My understanding would be we thank in the circumstances when we're trusting Him and looking, at it, looking for Him. Wherever we find ourselves, we have to, we have to turn our attention to Him. Because we serve a good, good Father. I think we can all agree that. Is, is our Heavenly Father good? Yeah. All the time. All the time. We serve a good, good Father. And sometimes when I look at the battle, and we, you and I are born into this battlefield, and it's, there's, there's minefields all over the, over the place. There's, uh, when you listen to the news, and there's a, a State of the Nation address, and, and you're thinking, oh, and you panic, and then there's uh, something about ESCOM in the news, and there's, then there's some more cr- crime and corruption, and, and all these minefields, and there's, uh, well, there's my own, uh, how am I going to meet the budgets, and all that kind of stuff. We have all these things which are crowding in, in, in us. And we have to know that our Father is good, and that He's gonna, he, he has your interest and my interest at heart. But if, even as I'm saying that, I'm wondering, I'm saying, it's actually not about me. It's never about me. It's always about God. And God's purpose for you and for me is one thing, that we be more like Jesus. And so every circumstance that comes up, every circumstance when you, when you, uh, you how am I going to respond like Jesus? Am I going to respond like Jesus? Am I, gonna, am, I, am I going to be gracious? Am I going to look like Jesus? Am I going to be thankful in all circumstances? Am I going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind? And am I going to love my neighbor as myself? Am I going to love my enemies? Now, if that's what we call to. That's the kind of simple thing. That's, that's what you and I are called to do. Love your enemies. Sometimes we battle to love our own families. And we're called to love our enemies. I love the fact that this whole thing is impossible. These scriptures, what do they show us? They point us to the fact that we, you and I, all need a Savior. We need Jesus. Because the commandments and the instructions and the are tough. Did a wedding yesterday. Aaron Ivy, Mike Ivy's son got married, for those of you who know the Ivies. It's such a beautiful thing to do a wedding. And in a wedding in, in, in marriage we are called to lay down our lives for our wives. Husbands, lay down your life. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Oh, well, that's uh, as Christ loved the church. 
Everything he did was motivated by his love for the church. In fact, he went and died for the, for the church. That's the kind of love that we have had, and it's all impossible. And that's why he gives us his Holy Spirit. And this word shows us that we need him. It's a, it's a, it's a road map. If you ever want to be challenged in life, book an appointment with Trevor Wood. Trevor Wood is an amazing man of God. And he, he loves to talk. Those of you who know him know he loves to talk. But he challenged, I went and had some time with him, and he challenges you to, right to the core, why are you doing what you're doing? What is the, what is the motivating force behind what you're doing? What does it mean to mean that uh, uh, Christ no longer lives in you? What does it mean that I am dead in Christ? Oh, sorry, I got this thing. I got the, there's a, see, see, somebody pointed it out there. What is, what is I meant to say? It's no longer I that liveth. I have a problem. My, my mind is far faster than my tongue. And so, that's who we are in Jesus. That we are new creations. You and I are new creations. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our whole being has changed. We become new creatures. Something completely different. We take on... The righteousness of God. Look at this righteous man here. Look at this righteous man. He's righteous. And he's thinking to himself, you've got it wrong there. (laughs) But that's what the scripture declares over you. If you walk in Jesus, you are righteous. The righteousness of God has been imputed to you. And God took your sin and nailed it to the cross. And so we call to be a thankful people. And God always walk, walk, works in covenants. And that's why I read this, this covenant today. This new covenant. Because we are blessed people. That's a blessing. We, it's, it's a blessing. And we need to be thankful for what we have. I just loved it when we were praying for Alex. And Alex has great expectations for what's going to happen in the, in the three years before he comes back. He has great expectations of what's going to happen, but God's going to do even more. And that applies to Alex, and that applies to Sue, and that applies to Amanda and, and uh, Barry and Evelyn. God has much more in store for you. As you and I lay down our lives, as we give everything up for Him, the promise of the Scripture is life, is Jesus. So we have a peace. We can have a peace. You and I, we have a peace that passes all understanding. And that peace is the peace of God. In fact, it's nothing, something arbitrary out there. It's actually a person who lives in you. And maybe next time when I preach, I'll look at the Jesus in the boat. And there's a storm raging. And the disciples are bailing water. And where's Jesus? He's asleep. 
He's asleep in the storm. They were anxious. They wake him up and say, don't you care that we are going to die? Didn't they realize that they had the Son of God in the boat? That they had the, the Prince of Peace? That at one word he could just say, storm be calm. Who's in your boat? Who's got the, what's that called? The what? The tiller. Who's got the tiller? Hopefully Jesus. Hopefully you're walking in him, with him, you're listening to him, you're hearing him. You're holding his hand. Because if we walk with him, we will experience the peace of God. We will experience the joy of God. And I'm aware that it's not always so easy. It's not always easy to admit that you're wrong. To when you mess up and somebody points it out to you, or the Holy Spirit shows you, to go and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. It's not always easy to be thankful. But we can be thankful because we are participators of the new covenant. Jesus says in, in the scriptures somewhere, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make it. Now, that's the, that's the one that he used. What did he say? Sorry, let me go back further, further. I've lost it. Matthew 26, that was the one I was looking for. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. And said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he gave thanks. If you read the scriptures, just read the scriptures with new eyes. There's thankfulness throughout it. Wherever you look at it, we recall that required to give thanks. And Jesus is about to go to the cross and die, and he's giving thanks. He's giving thanks because he's going to do this amazing thing in which he's going to see. It's because of the joy set before him. It's because of you and I seated here. You and I walking with Jesus day by day, moment by moment, giving glory to him, bringing honor to his name. That's what he saw. That's what he saw when he was on the cross. That was why he, 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 he went. And he's from the cross. He said, it is finished. He forgave our sins. We needed our sins to be forgiven. And he forgave them. And so we are required to rejoice in that. And to give our worship to that and give our thanks to it. All day, every day. Put, get some good praise worship and sing to the Lord with him. If you've got a good voice, you can do it by yourself. 
But if you sing like me, well, you've got to have some help. That's why I love coming here, because you make me sound so good. It's so good and it's such a blessing to come into the house of the Lord. I want us, I want us to close with a song. And uh, I want you to stand, if I can ask the worship team to come forward. Unfortunately, Zuko had a, had a really sore throat this morning. Mary Ellen's been leading worship at uh, Olive Tree. She also had a sore throat, so the worship here has been under a little bit of attack in terms of health. Let's stand, and I want you to repeat after me. We're going to repeat portions of Psalm 103. Repeat after me. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good. So that your youth is renewed. Like eagles. Your youth is renewed like eagles. Thank you Lord.